Thank you for listening to this podcast from Living Hope Church in Skokie, Illinois, featuring the preaching of Pastor Daniel Mann. For more information about our church, please visit us online at www.livinghopechicago.com. We trust that today's message will encourage you in your relationship with God. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. Um, we're going to just get, get into the message. And uh, I promised not to be too long and say things I shouldn't. And that happens a lot. I say things I shouldn't and I get in trouble. And, uh, but um, if there's anything that makes a difference today, it's not nothing I say, but it's what the word of God says. Um, that's what changes lives. Uh, men, doesn't, men don't change lives. Preachers don't change lives, though God uses some people um, through their life. But it's the word of God that ultimately changes lives. And I want to give God the glory for everything that's going to be done and said this morning. But let's pray. Let's ask the Lord to give us a good time in Scripture. Father, we love you. Thank you so much for the man family. Father, I'm just so thankful for men of faith. Lord God, in my opinion, Daniel and Melissa Mann are the epitome of faith. They, they, They trust you, Father. He encourages me. He strengthens me. His Iron, sharpeneth iron. And Lord, I'm thankful for friends like Daniel. Lord Jesus, I'm thankful that because of Christ, we have this common denominator where we could come and have this common bond. I'm thankful, Lord God, for these people at this church that I have not met just this week. But Lord God, because of Christ, we're family. And we're here and we're here together, Lord God. And we're just trying to learn in your grace. And Father, help me to be a blessing this morning. Let your word um, have uh, rule and reign in this service. And Father, that the Spirit of God be here and be evident. Father, we love you and we thank you in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. The title of the sermon is uh, Avoiding Life's Warnings. Avoiding Life's Warnings. Hebrews chapter 11, uh, verse 7, it says, By faith, Noah, being warned of God, of the things not yet uh, seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house. To the, by, by which he condemned the world and became heir to the righteousness, which is by faith. I want you to pay attention to that word, being warned. Being warned. It's no doubt there's different warnings in life that come. But I want to make it clear to you uh, this morning, there's only one warning that's worth paying attention to. And that's the warning of the, of the Almighty God to the heart of man. When God gives the warning and the Holy Spirit moves in your life to give your life to Jesus Christ, that is the ultimate one. That's the only warning that, that matters in life because God wants to get your, attention, get your attention, you see, because God wants a relationship with you. Understanding this, there's many warnings in life that, that life can bring. But as born sinners, God will give you an opportunity to come to know him. And through our, 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 sinful, our sinful flesh, our sinful de- uh, desires, our sinful actions, God, God comes and sees down on men and, wants, and warns men to, to, to repent from their sins and to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. I'm going to share, a little bit my, uh, share some of my testimony later after, at the end of the service. But there was a time in my life where I was just tired of living in my sin. There's something in my heart that said I, I, that there's, I was trying to fill my heart with things to give, bring me joy and satisfaction. And I couldn't find anything. And I found some I, and in my life, I, I encountered the biggest warning of my life. 
Someone asked me a question and said, Marcus, if you died today, would you go to heaven or hell? And from that conversation, from that, from those words, and I was a hardcore Catholic. I, I, I went to the Catholic church. My grandpa, my great grandpa built Catholic churches and all this religion that I had in my life. But I still could not answer that question. It was one of the, the, the hardest, toughest warnings of my life. Warnings. I remember the warning of uh, our marriage. I don't know about y'all in here, but um, my my beautiful wife. I love her. Um, she's dear. She's she's she's. I she, I love her to death. But when we were dating, I, I, didn't, I didn't ask every question. And there's important questions, okay? There's some questions that are deal breakers. You're like, you know, that, that, that's gonna, that, that's, that, we, can't, we can't go on further, okay? That's a deal breaker, okay? And I always tell young people, ask all the questions you can before you get married because there's going to be a lot of surprises when you get married, you know? <laughs> I remember one time, early in our marriage, it's probably two weeks after we, got, we were married, we're in our house in, in Nahana, <laughs> that's the name of a city, um, Pikeville, North Carolina, town, town whatever, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, yeah, it's an intersection. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we're living, I'm a city boy, I was born and raised in California, and, and, and noise all the time, cars, motorcycles, gunshots, I, I heard it, that's what put me to sleep, okay? So now we're in Nahana, and then we're in the middle of nowhere, we're in the sticks, nowhere knows where nowhere's at, you know? Uh, so... And I'm like, you know, this is new to me. This is quiet. You know, there's a lot of land, you know, a lot, a lot of acres here. But my wife, you know, going to sleep and, and say goodnight. And, and at 1 o'clock in the morning, I feel the, the hardest pinch on my arm. And all I hear is, get up now. I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> it's going down, you know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hurt somebody. Someone's in the house. I've got to protect my wife. I just married her. I gotta, I, I'm, I'm in prote- protection mode, right? Something about me and my wife is, is I'll tell you a secret, okay? If you come and rob our house, you can get everything. Because by the time we put our contacts in and actually can see what's going on, you know, we're going to, you know. So we're, I'm growing up, I can't see anything. I'm blind as a bat. You know, I have the glass, I have the hard glass contacts. So, so I'm like, okay, who's in the house? Melissa's like, get out. We got to get out of here. We got to go. We got to go. So I'm at the wall, okay? And somehow the light switch disappears, you know, I can't find the light switch. I'm like, I'm like trying to find the light switch. She's trying to find the light switch. And I'm ready to just, just, just blow someone up, you know. And finally, we find the light switch. Something clicks in my wife. And she snaps out of it. She starts laughing. What's, what, what's happening? Why are you laughing? You know, at this point, I'm terrified. I'm about to call my preacher. I think Melissa's demon-possessed. Um, I'm going, uh, uh, and she finally explains to me, I forgot to tell you. I forgot to give you the warning that I sleepwalk sometimes. <laughs> that would have been good to know about three months ago, okay? Uh, I, I think I still would have married you. Not just like, I would have, but I kind of would have liked the heads up, right? The funniest part of that story is this. We're, we're, we're laying in bed after that, that ordeal, and I'm, I'm laying in there. I'm, I'm, I don't know who I married. I, at this point, I don't know. Who, <laughs> your name is Melissa, right? You know? 
And she starts, it's quiet. And then she starts laughing. I'm like, honey, you really, stop, you really need to stop laughing because it's, it's, getting, it's getting out of hand. You know? A warning. California, we're known for earthquakes. Over here, hurricanes, tornadoes. I mean, y'all have it all, you know. And I remember our first tor- tornado warning. Man, I'm telling you, it was intense. We're in Virginia, and, and we, get, we get wind that, that, um, that, the war- that there's a tornado warning, there's a tornado watch, there's a, t- a tornado hit down, and, and I don't know. I mean, I'm, I, I'm not used to this stuff. And I remember listening to the radio, and my wife told me, let's get in the closet, get the pillows, and get everything. I don't know what I'm, I mean, I don't, just stay away from windows. And, 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 and man, I, I remember just the, the, the rain and, 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 and getting wind that the, t- the tornado was nearby us, just probably a mile away from us, and... Um, Remember that warning. Man, sometimes they're, they're good to know what's ahead of, what's ahead of you. Yeah. See, God gave Noah a warning yeah. in the Old Testament. See, if we go back to Genesis chapter uh, number, I believe, six. Yeah. God looked down on the world that he created, and he had a broken heart. There was, a, there, there was wickedness. The Bible even explains it as a violence. And it even goes on to say that God saw through the heart of man and saw that, that it was even thinking and provoking even more violence in their heart. So God knew that he had to do something. And he looked down the world and he had, to, he had to wipe out humanity. But that there was only one family, one man, the Bible says was worthy of life, was worthy to continue life, that had a fear and a reverence for God. The Bible even called them perfect, which just simply means blameless. They had a heart for God. So you think, some of you guys are thinking, why would God want to destroy humanity? I'm going to say this, humanity was going to destroy itself. Yeah. It was so wicked. Because yeah. <clears throat> eventually, humanity, it was so wicked, it was going to destroy what was good, and all he had left in those world was evil. And God saw that he needed to take care of that. So he comes up to Noah. Noah, I have a, t- I have a task for you. You're going to save humanity. I was like, excuse me? You and your family, you're going to build an ark. I'm going to tell you how to build it. I'm going to tell you what you do while you're building it. 120 years, Noah built an ark. Could you imagine the task that was the warning that God gave Noah and then the call that he gave Noah? As you can, as you can imagine, people are saying, Noah, what are you doing? Why are you building this ark? You look silly. It hasn't rained. Where's the rain at? God told me to build an ark. I'm going to build it. 120 years, rain comes down, 40 days, 40 nights. They start believing Noah now. It's interesting you even study, even secular people study, that they're, they're, they don't rule out that there wasn't a flood in our history. Some people say, I don't even know, you, you do your research at the Grand Canyon, there's still uh, uh, shark teeth and, and different, types of art, different types of artifacts that, that, that point back to a flood. Who knows? I, I really don't know, but I do know this. It's in the Bible, and I believe it. Yeah. 
So Wanoa was there on the water for about, a, for, for about a year. As they opened the doors of the ark and saw that what, what God said wasn't happening actually happened, Noah was able to avoid one of the life's greatest mornings that this world ever saw. And just like Noah avoided that warning, we, God promised he won't do that again. But there's so much we can understand and apply in our lives through his life of how to avoid the warning of life. Because there's a warning. You look, I, I, I wonder, I could, I, could you imagine what God is, what God is thinking as, as he looks down in our world now? This week was a monumental week in our country. God said no. God said no control, by the way. The violence of the killing of Christians, the persecution of Christians all over this world. The, the terrorist attacks in, in that resort, that beach resort. I mean, there's violence and there's wickedness. And, and the, there's no question in my heart and mind that I feel like the Lord could come back any time. How to avoid life's warnings. One thing is this. Above all, we're just going to go through this passage of Scripture and just want you to see a couple of things. Verse 11, I mean, verse 7. Well, you, know, you don't have to get far, get far verse 7 to understand how we can avoid life's warnings. By faith. Amen. By faith. Right. Let's just stop there. And by faith. Genesis 6, verse 8 and, uh, 8 and 9 says, by faith. Noah found grace, yeah. favor. Noah was just. Why? Noah was perfect. Why? Because he had the faith in the right God. See, to avoid life's warning, you must have unmerited favor with the one who gives the warning. Unmerited favor. You know what that unmerited favor means? That word grace? Simply means favor favor that we don't deserve. We don't deserve it. But you understand the person giving the warning that you're going to be reverent, you're going to respect, and you're going to love, you're going to serve the person that gives the warning. You see, know how to respect for God. No one knew that if his life, that his life didn't line up to, to what God, to what the way and the manner God wanted him to live, that he was, he was in danger of that warning. You see, but Noah found it important to live by the scriptures. Noah found it important to, to raise it, to try to raise a family in the fear of God. Can I tell you this, guys? Noah, Noah had a passion and a fear for God. He didn't build the ark just to save his family. No, that was secondary. Though I believe he wanted to save his family. He built that ark because he had faith in his God and what he told him to do. We don't deserve the favor of the Lord, but thank God he gives it. The Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible says our righteousness is as filthy rags. I'm thankful. God, Church, aren't you thankful <laughs> that through our through our sin and how, and, and how filthy we are, and that God still wants to use us and God still wants to give us favor. Yeah, I'm thankful for this church, but I know there's not a perfect church. There's no, there's no such thing as a perfect church. I'm thankful for Daniel and Melissa, but they're, they're not perfect. They never will be. But as you strive to be, you strive to please the God that, that issues these warnings, man, I'm telling you this, no better place you'd rather be right. than be having that unmerited favor with a loving God. 
They power for God. Amen. Nothing more, nothing less than having faith in Christ. Church, I'm going to tell you about a warning in the Bible. This is, this is what it all goes down to. Exodus chapter number 11. God gives Egypt warning. You let my people go. I'm going to bring the plagues. But I want, I want to pay attention to the last plague. The, de- the plague of death of the firstborn. Then the Passover. And it was interesting how the people survived that warning. It's the same way that me and you are going to survive the warning when death comes our way. God tells the, people, God tells the children of Israel, I'm going to destroy part of the Egyptians. Specifically, he gives who? He says, but how, how are you going to be saved? He says, if you get a lamb, a spotless lamb, sacrifice it, get the blood, and put it over the doorpost of your home. He, specific, he specifically told the dads to do it, the fathers, by the way. That's why we need more proactive, godly fathers in our lives and homes to protect the home, by the way. Amen. Amen. He said, could you put that blood or those doorposts, and when the Spirit of God comes and takes the lives of those that God was judging, He says, but when you pass by and we see that blood, that means that this, this home is a home that serves God, that has the blood, the sacrifice of the Lamb protecting this home. And you think about the warning, you think about death coming your way, next door to you. You think about eternal Damnation in hell. And those people believed it. And those people were able to bypass, survive the warning of God. You know how you can survive the warning, the ultimate warning of God? It's by the blood of Jesus Christ. It's when death comes your way. You see in your faith and our judgment that, we, that you have the blood of Christ in your life, that you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and you live for him and it's, and it's changed you. You don't come in here and you just you say, I'm saved. You don't do nothing about it, but you come here and the blood of Christ changes you and you're a new creature in Christ. All things are passed away. All things become new, right? Yes. How to avoid life's warning is we must have faith. Yes. We must have faith. Secondly, not only must you have faith, must you have unmerited favor with the person that gives the warning, but you must answer the call to your life's work. You must answer the call to your life's work. Amen. By faith, Noah, being warned of God, we see the warning of things not yet seen. Moving with fear, he prepared the ark. You see, there was a specific task for Noah. There's a specific work. There was a will for him to do. There was a call. You know, every, every, when you become Christians, when you're, you're saved, when you come and you put your faith and trust in Christ, you can't, 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 let me tell you a little secret. You don't sit down there and just don't do nothing. You go and God has something special for you to do something. For one, there's an obvious will. He has the word of God that tells you how Christians should live, to love God and to love people. And, and if you hang the, all the commandments on those things, you're just, you, you, are, you are well justified by that, those commandments. 
as Christians, as believers, to love God and love people. And can I tell you this? For some of you guys, there's a, there's a specific will. It's interesting. If you read Genesis chapter 6, Jesus not only said, go build an ark. He said he told them how to do it. What type of wood? Right. What dimensions? Mm-hmm. How long? I need a roof. Man, I'm telling you, we, we serve a God of that's specific at times. And there's something that God wants you to specifically do with your life. Now, I'm thankful. For, I'm thankful in our church, I'm, we're blessed. To have a, we have a great church. But I'm thankful that God has given specific roles to some people at our church. And there's some people in our church, there's specifically, God, I believe God put them in our church to be a blessing to young people. There's this man named Chuck Pittman in our church. And y'all, some of my people know him. Every time I have a youth activity, he says, Marcos, I want to sponsor a young person to go to Youth of Flame. I want to sponsor a young person that doesn't have money, that, that needs money. I'm going to give them spending money. I'm going to pay their way. And I want to be a blessing to them. I'm thankful Amen. for Chuck Pittman's in my church. They're a blessing to young people. I'm thankful for p- people, are, uh, people that are called specifically in the churches to be encouragers. I'm thankful for the, 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 the Haas family that tells me every time. I know right now they're praying. I know. I won't be surprised as, as I'm preaching. They're praying for me. I say, Marcos, I'm praying for you and your young people by name. I want them to know Jesus. I want them to know God. Amen. I'm, thankful for, I'm thankful for Daniel. I'm thankful for Brother Holloman. I'm thankful that God specifically called them to do what they're doing now. Why? Because they're a blessing to me. Because you have a specific will. You have a general will. Not only the, 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 the fact that Noah walked with God, that was primary. That was obvious. That was, we all need to walk with God and be blameless and be righteous, right? But second there, he told him to do something specific. He told him to go save mankind. Could you imagine that 365 days, 67 days on the ark, and the rain came down. And Noah's like, God, use me. When I wasn't worthy to save mankind, man, I don't. I, I'm, I'm nothing. I'm, I'm nothing. I tell you, young people, I, I, I really. It's by the grace of God I'm here. But I, I'm just thankful that God has given me opportunity to be a part of their life, to be a part of these young people's life, where I can see them grow. And I've seen growth in them, and I push them hard. I push them hard. I'm hard on them because I want them to be the best they can be for Christ. I'm, I, I, I try to tell you young people, I'm, I'm so lucky and fortunate to be part of your life. I'm not, I'm not worthy of it, but I'm thankful. I, I'm at a, a great church. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that God sometimes is specific. Maybe there's something right now as you're growing, you're, you're growing in Christ. Maybe there's something specific that God wants you to do. Lastly, not only do we need to answer the call to life's work, but if you're going to endure, if you're going to avoid life's warning, it takes courage. It takes courage that you only find in the Lord. That you only find in the Lord. Courage. Church, can we just be honest with you? Could you imagine Noah building the ark. I'm from California. It rains about three times a year, okay, in California. We're in a drought. You, you can't wash your cars only by Monday right now. The drought's so, so, so severe. I told my wife, I said, it never rains in California. I'm gonna bring, I brought her to California to propose to her, and guess what? It rains. It's like the worst rain in 60 years, okay? <laughs> but for the majority of part, it's, it's a drought. I'll tell you this. 
Could you imagine the courage it took for Noah to do God's will? For 120 years of preaching, where no rain, no rain's coming down, and Noah's building this huge ark. Could you think some people were making fun of him? No, you're crazy. They called him a lunatic. You're, you're weird. Yes, something's not all up there, okay? I don't know why you're collecting all this gopher wood. I'll give it to Noah. They probably had nicknames for him, the gopher wood boy or whatever, the, the, you know? <laughs> Can, can, I, can we just it's going to take a little courage to do God's will you know, you know some people might look at you look at you funny yesterday at the car wash talking to your neighbor you're doing what now you're washing cars for free you make some money no 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 it's for free how many times people your family members why are you going to that church there's nobody there you, you're why are you telling people about Christ? Don't waste your time. You're not going to make a difference. See, it takes courage to do the right things. It takes courage to do the hard things. But man, there's no greater joy to see God work through, the, through you. Because I tell you, that, let's just be honest with you guys. Sometimes for some of you, the person that witnessed to you, I'm pretty sure it wasn't easy doing that. But I'm thankful for the God for all the people that, that people that witness to you and have the boldness to, I don't know what's falling out of my pockets. Okay. I'm falling apart. Okay. I, I'm sorry. But could, you, could you remember the person that told you about Christ, the boldness they had to tell you about Jesus? And maybe you thought they were crazy, but now you're here serving God? It takes courage. You want to avoid life's warnings? Man. No doubt Noah was a man of faith, man of favor with God. No doubt that he answered the call. He not only stayed there, Noah didn't, didn't just live right and do nothing. Man, it's, it, takes, it takes faith. It takes, it takes call. There's, there, there, there's a, there was an act of faith there. Faith does not sit there and do nothing. It does something. And lastly, it took courage. It took courage. I'm, and I'm done after this. I wasn't raised in church. I wasn't. These young people are raised in church. They're church babies. I think the fact that sometimes it's, it's neat that I could, I'm living my life through theirs because I had to understand where they're at because I, I, I was never where they're at because I was, at their age, I was drinking and partying and doing things I shouldn't. I don't have this. We don't have that, that in common. I was 20 years old when I gave my life to Christ. Now, there was a time in my life when I was looking for like a reset button. And I was trying to look for it in different places. And the only place I found it was in Christ. Hey. Remember, I was, I was at work one day. And man, I was living, I, I was just a prideful, stubborn Catholic. Not, not that there's, you know, I'm not condemning all Catholics. There's, there's some good Catholics. I'm, I'm saying, I was a bad Catholic. I was a bad Christian. I would only go whenever I needed to go. Weddings or, uh, or uh, just the big days. Easter. Or times when I just felt like I needed the Lord. I needed a favor. I needed a favor from God. I remember a young man came into my office and told me, he said, Marcos, I told you he asked me a question. If you died today, would you go to heaven or hell? I was so angry. I was so mad. 
Because, hey, I'm religious. And I'm just like, I'm Catholic. You don't ask me that. So the next week I go to confession, you know, for the first time. Yeah, ask me again, you know. And I still couldn't answer the question because I really didn't know. I didn't, I didn't have assurance of, my, uh, of where my, my soul was going to be when I died. And I remember it got me so angry, I started drinking more, I started partying more. He would invite me to church and be so nice to me. And I'm like, you know, what? what? And, and, and he started softening up. But I remember making fun of him. I remember I, remember I purposely tried to, tried to put alcohol in the system. He was a Christian. He never drank. I told him to go to a party. I said, come on, come, come, come to Mexico with me. You, I won't drink. I, I won't do anything. I remember taking him to Mexico, and I was, just, I, was, I was hammered by, like, the first five minutes of that trip. And I was trying to get him drunk to see how life is better the way I live it. When it was all said and done, I still felt miserable. You know, I, the hangovers ain't fun, by the way. No one says, man, wakes up in the morning, man, I, I, man I, I'm so glad I drank that six-pack. No, I, I never said that. I said, man, this is a terrible feeling. I got a headache, you know? But I remember he kept inviting, inviting me to church, and I finally said, okay. What did it for me is that I was going to a party one day. He said, look, I want to pick you up. Don't drink and drive. I, I saw enough of the love of this man that I said, you know what, I need to, I need to at least give him a shot. I went to the church, small church. The church is probably just a little bigger than this in California. Heard the preaching of God's word. It got convicted. It started working in my heart. I went again the next time, and, I, and as the preacher's like, it feels like he's just calling my sin out. Like, he just, if you need to come save, you know you're doing this. I felt like, I felt like somebody, somebody was just telling them my life. And then the, the, third, the third time I went, I knew that if I didn't go, I, I was afraid God was never going to speak to me again. And I gave my life to Jesus Christ. Amen. And from there, it began the wild ride. And it took faith. Went to Bible college to meet this man. I remember, Dan, Dan was a real deal now. I remember him trying to, I will never forget, he came into my dorm room and just, just on purpose tried to make me feel welcome go play golf or go do something. And I remember that. But I remember going to college was a, was a big struggle. I was in nursing school and got, my dad wanted me to make money and, 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 and better myself. And he wasn't a Christian and him and my mom were having problems. And I told my dad, he thought I was crazy just going to church. But when I told him I was going to Bible school, he, got, he thought I was nuts. He said, you going to where? North Carolina? <laughs> my sister, my family, my pastor thought I was crazy. But I went to North Carolina, and I'm telling you, my dreams, my dreams were, came true. I met, I met some of the dearest people. I met, I met some of the greatest friends. I grew in the Lord. I, I, I knew what it was. I, I knew what it was. I felt for the short time, I knew what it was to be like these people of faith. When they, it just took a little bit of faith. I said, Lord, I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'll go over there. I remember coming back to California, and the Lord just started doing the work in my family's heart. And my, my dad, which was atheist, and he said, look, I don't want you to go. You're throwing away your life. I remember, I remember him crying at the kitchen table saying, you're throwing away your life, son. Do not go to Bible college. I remember him coming back and him getting saved and giving his life to Jesus Christ. I remember, I remember my mom giving the love to Christ, my sister, which was really angry with me. She was like, no, you, you, you love those people more than you love us. And I remember now she's, she's teaching the class on Wednesday nights. My dad is preaching. He's a preacher. He goes to seminary now. He's teaching, and he's, he's leading people to Christ. And my dad's such a different person today. He's very good. And, I, and my uncle, I'm going to tell you this story, and it's funny. I, I used to drive the church van, not, not a bus, a van. And, and I used to pick up kids to go to church. And I used to go to my, 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 my grandpa and my aunt's neighborhood. And my Uncle Raw, he would make fun of me. 
He's like, what are you doing driving the church van? They call it the Baptist mobile. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm driving the, the Baptist mobile, and, and, and I'm driving and picking up kids to go to church. And my uncle goes there. My, my uncle's like, you're crazy. You're losing it. He's like, what's wrong with you, mijo? I was like, I'm serving Jesus. Can I tell you who's been driving the van <laughs> for a couple of years? He, he got saved and he started driving that church van. Well, goes around, comes around, huh? Met my wife. I have a beautiful daughter. Blessed to have a family. Can I tell you this? Being warned of the things not yet, yet not seen sometimes can be scary. Substance of things hope for, hope for the evidence of things not seen. The things that, that we don't see are scary sometimes. But I'm telling you this. Faith is a beautiful thing. No, we don't see Jesus, we can serve him. That we don't see the plans that he has, has in store for us, we can trust him. Amen. And I wouldn't have this life any other way. Yeah. If I had to do it over again, I'd do it the same way. Putting my faith and tr- trust in Jesus Christ has never been something that I ever regretted. Doing his will, taking a little persecution, tough, oh yes, it was hard. But I don't regret it. Some of you guys are missing out on the blessing. If, you, if you're holding back, if you're not giving your life to Jesus Christ, if you're not, for one, giving your life, you, if you're not covered under the blood of Christ, I'm telling you, you're wasting your time, you're, you're wasting your energy trying to do it on your own. Maybe you're here, you're saved, and you're Christian, and, and, and you, you're not growing in Christ, you're kind of staying the same, you're just crying. No, no, grow in Christ. Follow the Bible. Listen to what it says. Obey it. If, if you have a question about it, ask your pastor. Pray about it. God, God will give you. God, God's not trying to confuse you. Maybe there's something he wants you to do specifically in this church. Maybe there's a ministry. Maybe there's something he wants you to do. Step out in faith and do something. Do it. Look, faith is scary, but look, Daniel, Daniel and Melissa came two years ago, four years ago, and no one ever thought that this could happen. No one ever thought that we could have this service. But we're here today worshiping Jesus. And have courage. Have courage. Maybe there's an arc in your life. What is it? What arc is in your life? Just build it. Just start. If you committed your life to Jesus Christ today or made a spiritual decision, you'd like to know about it, please contact us online at www.livinghopechicago.com. We hope you will join us next time for another encouraging message from God's Word.